0: Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raising Golfers podcast. So excited to have you back here on the podcast today I'm also excited for this week. We just started our winter session of the Operation 36 program here at Rancho Carlsbad in Carlsbad, California And this weekend we actually have two nine-hole challenges One of them is the standard challenge that we've been doing for our players who've been playing from yardages at 150 yards or shorter And on Sunday we are going to a new full-length golf course. And this golf course is gonna accommodate the players who've already passed all the divisions up to 200 yards and then all the way to full-length tees. So it's gonna be really exciting to see how this goes down this weekend. I'm super excited for it, and I know the players are as well. Today's topic, I'm gonna go over just something that I've thought about, something I've been guilty of, and things that I'm actively trying to work on myself with my coaching, whether it's for junior golfers or for adults. And the topic is going to be the pitfalls of overcoaching. So let's go over some of those things right away and get straight into it. Here's some of those things that we say right before the player goes out to play on the golf course, or maybe even before they make a swing on the driving range. And again, as coaches, parents, we've all been guilty of this. So we'll put ourselves under the same umbrella as adults for the junior golfers We say, don't forget, keep your head down or don't forget. Left arm straight. Aim to the right. Don't be short. Oh, you don't want to go in the water. There's water on the right. We've all said these things. And we may have also even, in addition, put together this really long laundry list of things to have our junior golfer remember before they swing the club. And I think if we as adults start thinking about that for our own game, if we were to do that, I think our performance would go down the drain. So you know, what are the pitfalls of overcoaching? I think the first one is that when we say some of these things, for example, don't be short or don't forget to fill in the blank here, we're emphasizing that mistakes and failure are not okay. And for children, I think part of the development is that we want them to explore a variety of different things and if we're speaking about golf well mistakes are made all the time i mean there's even a saying that golf is a game of misses which basically means that you are going to be making mistakes on almost every single swing and we have to help the junior golfers learn to embrace that side from not only a technical standpoint but also a mental and emotional standpoint as well so using those little words like don't or don't forget think we're already starting to emphasize that mistakes and failure are not okay and we actually want to be emphasizing the complete opposite of that. The complete opposite of that. The other thing is that it loads the child's mind to be too much cognitive and not allow them to access their sensory side of the brain to perform. So this is something that we talked about in a recent podcast episode with Jeff Gregg on the mental game training side of things and what we talked about this was that if we're thinking too much and we're using too much of the cognitive side of the brain we actually can't really perform a physical task and we have to use a lot more of the sensory side of things and even Len and P over at Vision 54 they really say the same exact thing and I, I totally believe it and I you know I put it to the test myself on the golf course So again, going back to, you know, if we're given this long list, then we're emphasizing them to be thinking and talking and using that cognitive side. And that's not the side we want them to be performing on. So we're not actually allowing them to engage the right side of their mind and their thoughts to actually help them perform. Then as we talk about some of these things, we're having them focus on past experiences and having them have hopeful future outcomes. And this takes away from them being present at the task at hand. So if we bring up things and talk about things that might have happened in the past, don't make that swing you made on the last hole that didn't work out for us. Don't hit it to the right like on the last hole. Well, now they're starting to think about things that happened in the past. That's not going to help them when they turn over the ball. If we start emphasizing things and future outcomes for them and they start thinking about, you know, things that need to happen right after they hit the ball, then again, we're taking them away from being in the present. And so that begins to distract the juniors from focusing on the task at hand, from getting the ball from A to B and allowing them to be athletic. So really, really have to be careful with some of these things that we say. And it's so easy to because we all want to help them. We really do. But, you know, something Neil Plymer and I talked about and he brought this up is we have to know the difference between when help is needed and not needed and it's a very fine line and it's very difficult but you know we have to remember that they are the ones swinging the golf club and you know we have to help them actually find their own sense of confidence and we have to help them find their own sense of athleticism and sometimes overcoaching can really really actually put a negative effect on the players you know and speaking of confidence you know saying some of these things what we're actually saying to them when we say don't do this don't do that or remember to do this remember that we're sending these signals to children that we actually don't trust them and getting the task at hand done. And again, I think that's a confidence killer. So children need to build self-confidence and trusting what they have learned and done can be performed. And we just need to let them get out there and go for it. And of course, they're going to make mistakes. And of course, there's going to be failures. But, you know, that's part of the process. And that's part of the learning that they need to go through. And sure, it's painful as adults to watch it. But. You know we need to make sure that we are you know putting them in this environment that's going to help build their confidence and allow them to learn and progress along the way and now let's hear a message from our show sponsor hey guys this last spring i teamed up with operation 36 here at our facility in carlsbad california and it has completely changed my way of coaching and service to my customers operation 36 is a developmental golf program designed to take beginners from playing their first round to being able to shoot par or better for nine holes. So here's how it works. Participants attend weekly one-hour classes and work through a six-level curriculum. They then play in nine-hole events once or twice a month with a common goal to shoot 36 or better from different distances. And using the Operation 36 app, coaches can plan programs, communicate with families, and track students' progress. It's really, really cool. If you're a parent listening, search for a program near you on their website at operation36.golf forward slash juniors and coaches. If you'd like to start a program at your facility, go to the same website, operation36.golf forward slash coaches. So here's a couple of things that I like to do, you know, specifically for junior golfers. And let's just say for your players up to your advanced level players, I prefer to have the junior golfers in groups, and in my group classes, which I'm doing here at Rancho Carlsbad, they're all Operation 36 classes, there's one focus point in the class. So for example, yesterday, what we focused on was quote-unquote power, and power basically just means for them, not necessarily swinging harder, it's just the idea of ball first contact then hitting the ground. So we discussed this. And then, you know, we might draw a chalk line on the ground, have them try to hit the chalk line, and then just give them a task and say, okay, let's hit some chip shots. The ball has to land over the line and see if you can get it inside the box. And then just let them go for it. Then we might add in just something to build on that, which might be the next level. And this may be the first class. It may be the next semester. And that would be, okay, for us to help hit the ball first and the ground second, we actually need our our lower body weight to move towards the target in the downswing. And we give them a couple of fun analogies, whether it's like, you know, smashing a bug under the left foot if they're right-handed players or uh, smashing a can on their foot as they're, as, as they're swinging down towards the ball. Have them do a couple of practice swings and again, just give them a task and say, okay, you know, now we're on the driving range. Let's see if we can get five balls in a row or how many balls in a row can you get to fly over the hill that's 25 yards away. And just give them this task and let them try to perform it, not overcoach it you know, we've already gone over it, but just let them kind of go with it. And if some of them are struggling, you can remind them, say, hey, how's your weight moving forward? Oh, yeah, let me try it again. That sounds good. Let me give it a go. And it just gives them a sense of, first of all, safety. It gives them a sense of having confidence. And again, they're focused more on the task at hand, not necessarily just the technical side and the overcoaching aspect. And you will see me walk around and I might remind them of these things. But again, it's only one thing. You can look at their golf swing and see a million things that you'd want to fix. But again, that starts going into overcoaching. And then all of a sudden, they start overthinking. And then next thing you know, they can't even hit the golf ball. I have made this mistake many, many, many times. So I stick to the focus point, And really, it goes a long ways. And you can do a task with the focus point, And then follow it up with the game on the same focus point. A lot of times, I don't even know that they're even trying to achieve this focus point. But they are. And they're actually learning golf without even really realizing that they're learning golf. So then... After you give them some tasks, you give them some games, I would say as an adult, we need to observe with an open mind. And what I mean by that is, sure, maybe the movement pattern isn't perfect yet. But trust that over time and the fact that they understand what they need to do will help and will click at some point. Now, we don't know if it's going to be today, tomorrow, in a month, two months. But we have to trust that this will come and it will show eventually. It doesn't need to happen today. And even if you make them do it today, it doesn't even mean they're going to do it tomorrow. You know, you might see, for example, you might teach them the perfect grip today. They're doing it next time you see them. Next thing you know, they get the hockey style grip where the hands are separated, one hands down on the on the middle of the shaft. And they're, and they're like, geez, what happened? Yesterday they had the interlocking grip and today they're back to the hockey style grip. Well, you know what? That's children. And children learn differently than us adults. So we have to make sure that we have an open mind when we're observing them. So what does this do? I think by coaching lightly as opposed to overcoaching, I think it really gives junior golfers a chance to explore. It gives them a chance to create. It gives them a chance to visualize. And really, it helps boost their confidence. Now, rarely do I see a child play a golf game. And what I mean by golf game is not on the golf course. It's like, okay, we got to You know, one of my favorite games we play is um, Battle Chips. And they have to chip the ball, and it has to roll over these um, different targets. And it sinks the ship, which is kind of like Battleships, the board game. I'm sure you've all played it before in the past. Um, and they're trying to hit these targets. But rarely do I ever see a situation where a junior golfer will complete the task with, let's just say, a poor shot. So they chip the ball, but it actually doesn't get in the air. It just rolls on the ground. And they hit the cone. And they would say, hey, coach, oh, I hit the cone, but it was a bad shot. That shouldn't count. What usually happens is, let's say they try to chip the ball and it doesn't ro- fly in the air, it just rolls and it hits the the cone. What usually happens is say, yeah, I hit the cone. We won. And they're so excited. Now, why would we want to kill that excitement and the confidence that they just got from that? They just, quote unquote, complete the task. The task was have your ball get from A to B and hit the target. Why would we want to? There's no need. Now, sure, they're going to figure out eventually the balls going not have to fly in the air. But, you know, they're trying their hardest and for children it's not necessarily perfection they're going after and over time i'll tell you what they learn quickly so you know think about that you know when they're doing these activities or games whatever it is you set on the driving range or practice areas or even on the golf course they might make a birdie putt and it's if it hadn't hit the flag stick it would have gone 15 feet by they're not normally saying oh i hit that too hard they're just saying yeah i went in let them Really, really enjoy that moment, and I think you should as well. Now, you know, tying this into course play for golf, and again, I was guilty of this in the past. You know, my on-course lessons now rarely talk about technique in the swing, and I think the reason why is is that it, again, when we do talk about technique of the swing on the golf course, it's encouraging students to use the cognitive side of the brain which is them thinking while they're swinging, and that is not going to hold up on the golf course. So instead, you know, what I like to talk about now is just more things about how to get the ball from A to B, which is where they are to whatever the target is, whether it's the flag or somewhere in the fairway. And, you know, maybe we might talk about some tactics and improve some tactics. Or maybe what I might do is have them actually explore a few different things. Hey, let's try a few different clubs. Hey, let's hit a few different types of chips. Let's see which one works out best for you in these situations and scenarios. And I think, again, that helps build the confidence for the student. You know, a really interesting example is a student of mine in the Operation 36 program. His grandfather, great guy. He's really supportive of the program. He said, you know, what's really interesting is, You know, my grandson, he's hitting the ball from 50 yards and he's getting on the green, but the ball's not flying in the air. You know, we got to get the ball to fly into the air. And he's right. We do, especially, you know, there are some shots we have to hit over the creek. But we haven't actually made any major changes to allow that to happen. And, you know, his grandson is ecstatic about the game. His grandson thinks he's performing really well. His confidence is super high. Now, why would you want to go in and try to hinder that and tell him what he's doing is wrong? So, you know, I took the information from his grandfather. And, of course, it's something I'm thinking about, but it's not necessarily anything I'm changing right away. Now, ironically, we haven't made any major changes into this, this child's golf swing. And fast forward, then, you know, six weeks later grandpa comes to me and he says, you know what? It's great. He's hitting all these shots. They're all flying in the air. They, you know, we went and played this other golf course. He hit every ball over every lake he had to hit over. It's amazing. He's doing really well. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, that's awesome. That's great. You know, in reality, we didn't change anything technically. Uh, We didn't even talk about those situations. And next thing you know, the junior golfer has figured out himself how to get the ball from A to B over the lake and do it successfully. And what's interesting about that is that his confidence has maintained and stayed high throughout the entire time. And again, just think, what happens if we all of a sudden tell him what he's doing wrong or try to make that change too soon? And then next thing you know, their confidence goes down the hill. Maybe he wouldn't even be able to hit it over the lake now. I don't know, but I'm just throwing it out there. So players need to use their human skills. We need to help them engage their human skills. And if you haven't already, check out Vision 54's books and online resources for more information about this. I've purchased many of their books. I use them as my on-course, really my on-course Bibles for coaching golfers, whether it's adults or junior golfers, to help them transition from training area practice, which is on the driving range, to then course play. And they actually have a book called Be a Player, and I use this verbiage all the time. You have to be a player on the golf course. So let's remember to be positive. I think the best thing we could say to our junior golfers before they go out and play in a tournament or on the golf course is go out and have fun. And I think that'll be encouraging for them and just let them do their thing. Now, you might see them get frustrated over a few shots, but trust the process that they can get the ball in the air or they can even just get the ball from A to B and let them do that for now. We want to encourage them. We want to keep them in the game long enough so that they even have a chance to one, enjoy it and two, get to a a place in the game that they would like to get to. And maybe that's just having more fun. Maybe that's making a high school golf team. Maybe that's playing college golf. Maybe that's being professional. We don't know, but we don't want to necessarily jump from starting them out to being a professional golfer right away. Again, I've made that mistake and I don't want you to make that mistake either. Let's make sure that We coach them lightly and we enjoy this process all together. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate you tuning into this podcast. I would greatly appreciate a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. So if you could go in and take the time, I would really appreciate that. That'll help more listeners around the world find this podcast and be able to use this podcast as a resource to help everybody involved in junior golfers enjoy the process for a lifetime. Thanks again. Have a great week